If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 212 of the Leading Learning Podcast, in which we're going to return to a tradition that we haven't featured on the podcast for a while. Namely, we're going to do an after-action review. And we want to do this for a few reasons. Firstly, this involves the launching of a new learning experience, specifically our recent Live Review 2019 online demonstration event. And we'll explain a little bit more about that in a moment. But um, a second reason is the type of event that Live Review was. It's a type of event that we've advocated for on uh, this show many times, and it's a type of event we have run many times, and that's a a virtual conference. Um, So uh, we wanted an, an opportunity to, again, do a review of that type of event and launching it. And then thirdly, we feel that after action reviews are a practice that individual learning professionals and learning businesses should adopt. And so we want to model that. And of course, as part of that, we'll explain in just a a minute, uh, a little more in detail uh, about what an after action review is. And we're also going to link in the show notes to a number of other after action review episodes that we've done. So you have those as good models. Well, and Jeff, you mentioned that we think um, after action reviews are a good practice for individual learning professionals and for learning businesses. And that's because they represent a structured approach to reflection. And we know how important reflection is with learning. And that importance of reflection is what has prompted us to begin offering reflection questions to go along with with each episode. And we have a couple to accompany this one. You can find those at leadinglearning.com slash episode 212. And the two questions are, One, what are some areas of your learning business in which it might be valuable to establish an after-action review practice? This could be for you personally. It could be for your learning business. It could be for your learners. And then second, is there an area where you might experiment with developing a low-risk, high-value product? So we should probably now talk a little bit about what an after-action review is for listeners who haven't tuned in to these episodes before. Uh, if this is your first time hearing us do an after-action review, welcome welcome to our little tradition here, and we hope we influence you. Now, an after-action review is something that was... Um, popularized by David Garvin, uh, who was uh, an academic who really focused on organizational learning. I believe he was at Harvard for for many, many years before he uh, passed away a a couple of years ago. And he wrote about this as a practice used by uh, the U.S. Army. Um, The U.S. Army is very serious about learning. For folks who don't know it, uh, they're always studying how to do it better, how to, you know, uh, uh, build the capacity of their troops. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we've kind of picked up on it and, and encouraged applying it to any organization that uh, creates educational offerings. And there are basically four components to it. Right. And the four components are, one, what did we set out to do? Two, what actually happened? Three, why is there a difference between those first two, if there happens to be a difference? And then four, what should we continue and what should we change? 
So again, it's a great thing for an organization to use. You don't have to be the army. You can be just a a little business. It's also a great thing for individual lifelong learners. And um, we'll link also to an article about that on the the Mission to Learn blog. But uh, in any case, just just asking these four simple questions and uh, answering them as honestly and objectively as you can can really can really open your eyes. So we're going to go through that uh, pretty rapidly with um, with our recent uh, live review event um, and start out with asking, you know, what did we set out to do with that event, which will involve, I guess, describing a little bit about uh, what it actually was. Yeah, so maybe let's start there in terms of what was uh, live review. So it was a two-day entirely online event, aka a virtual conference. We held it October 29th and 30th, 2019. And um, we pitched it as an efficient, effective, and affordable way for attendees to get targeted demos of learning platforms from vendors focused on learning businesses and committed to serving organizations that market and sell lifelong learning, continuing education, and professional development. And we branded Live Review as an offshoot of Review My LMS, which is a, a site that we've uh, begun running. It's a user-generated review site um, focused specifically on learning management systems that are a good fit for market-facing learning businesses. And so we kind of position Live Review as a, as a value add to Review My LMS, a chance to actually not just read um, profile information about um, those systems and read user reviews, but to also get to see those systems in action. Yeah, so it really was um, a logical extension of the value that uh, that we offer through Review My LMS. So strategically, it seemed to be a very good fit. And you know, we didn't set out. This wasn't meant to be a a significant uh, revenue generator um, for us in and of itself. Um, it could become more of one over time, but at least the way it's structured, it's probably never going to be a, a big revenue generator for for us. But um, but you know what we have traditionally done uh, as as Tagoris, um, the the parent company of Leading Learning, um, we've traditionally done a lot of high touch uh, and and therefore you know much higher cost technology consulting for selection of platforms. But in recent years, um, we've made it uh, really kind of our mission um, to make our knowledge and our experience um, much more broadly available to, to scale that. And that's one of the reasons that, uh, that we started Review My LMS. It's the reason we've done things like our um, learning platform selection boot camp. Um, we make a lot of you know information and materials out there. And so now this event uh, was, was really part of that mission to, to make uh, LMS selection and learning platform selection just much more um, approachable by organizations who may not be able to hire uh, a consultant um, or even those that can. This can help you know give them uh, more working knowledge for, for making sure that uh, their engagement with that consultant uh, is effective. And we put this out there really as a minimum viable product. Um, we, we had the idea and we executed on it fairly quickly, a pretty short timeline there. And the idea was, let's just sort of float it. Let's put out that uh, product, see um, how the market responds. Um, so without putting a whole lot of uh, planning and, and effort and a lot of lead up into it, we went out with this offering. And I think it's also worth noting too that um, traditionally in what we do, we really like to focus on 
learning that results in change and something that helps learners perform their job better, or maybe even, you know, hopefully the, the, the goal of even transformational learning experiences. But we've talked before about inform, perform, and transform kind of along this sliding scale. And uh, worth noting, at least for ourselves, is that this live review really was more on that inform end of the spectrum. You know, this really was just about kind of sharing information about what these systems are, are, are like. Yeah. And if there's a, if there's a higher level to it, uh, it's, it may be at that sort of transform level, kind of a, a meta level for this, because we've been on a, a mission for a long time to help, uh, organizations, um, help people, help vendors uh, recognize that there is this whole third sector of education that, that serves the adult lifelong learning market. Uh, the needs of that sector are different, and that includes the technology needs. So, you know, on an ongoing basis, we're, we're trying to um, uh, really help help people recognize that and, and to, to really, you know, make the, the third sector uh, something that people uh, appreciate and, and value consciously at a, at a level that they haven't before. And so, you know, that's kind of a grand, <laughs> grand aim there. Um, and it takes lots of small efforts and, and uh, live review is just another of those small efforts. Um, like you said, Salisa, it was, you know, the event itself for the individuals in it was really an inform event. We hope it's part of a much larger transformation uh, out there and part of that transformation being that there are, there are platform providers that are a good fit for learning businesses. And that would be a great time to mention one of our sponsors or our sponsor for uh, this quarter uh, at the Leading Learning Podcast. And uh, this is uh, Community Brands, which actually had two of its platforms, Crowd Wisdom and Freestone, participating in live review. And Community Brands provides a suite of cloud-based software for organizations to engage and grow relationships with the individuals they serve, including association management software, learning management software, job board software, and event management software software. And Community Brands' award-winning Crowd Wisdom Learning Platform is among the world's best LMSs for corporate extended enterprise and is a leading LMS for association-driven professional education programs. Award-winning Freestone, Community Brands' live learning platform, is a leading platform for live learning event capture, webinars, webcast, and on-demand streaming. Find out more at leadinglearning.com slash communitybrands. And so with that, we can uh, turn back to our after action review and that second aspect of the four parts, which is what actually happened. Indeed, what did happen. So we actually, we do have some some hard numbers on this to, to share. We like to be transparent to the extent that we can around things like that. So we got um, uh, 14 vendors to, to agree to participate quite quickly. So that, you know, amounted to seven uh, demo sessions per day. And and we decided to cap it um, there. You know, I think we realized as we had all of those flow in, just sort of what we were going to be dealing with logistically. And this this was, remember, a, a minimum viable product. So we wanted enough for it to be valuable, but not so much that um, you know we were going to get really complicated uh, with things. So uh, we we're pleased to get those those fourteen vendors and get them signed up uh, quite quickly. And then in terms of the attendees, we got 145 individuals to register for live review, and they represented. 74 organizations, so many organizations sent multiple people um, to to live review. And um, 
Of those 145 individuals who registered, 90 of them attended one or more of the live demos. So that's a a little over 62% of registrants that attended one or more live demos. And I'll note that that's um, higher live participation than kind of what often gets quoted as sort of the average for, you know, something like a webinar where you tend to get about 50%. Sometimes uh, even the figure might be a little bit lower, but kind of roughly in that 50% ballpark. So we saw live participation at live review higher on average um, than that, so 62%. Um, And of those who participated in one or more live demos, on average, they went to five live demos Um, And then each demo session itself averaged about uh, 34 unique viewers. Yeah, and I'll note too that um, I was uh, pleased by the the level of engagement of those people in the sessions too. Those who did attend, you know, you never know. We we left, um, it was basically 30 minutes of demonstration followed by 15 minutes of Q&A. And of course, you never know if the questions are going to be there, if you're just going to get crickets when it comes time for questions. And we had seed questions prepared, you know, and to discuss that with the vendors and, you know, how to plan for that really didn't need it. Um, in fact, it was hard to get to, in some cases, we could not get to all of the questions that got asked um, by people. So that was a sign that, um, that this, this is useful to, to at least a certain uh, segment of people, you know, depending on where they are in their, in their selection process. Uh, so that was good. And I'll also note in terms of what happened, um, because you sometimes don't think of this, I think, with a virtual event, and I don't tend to think of it enough in, in advance, is that, I mean, we were really hunkered down for two days, you know, just uh, each of us with a laptop uh, in, in, in separate places. So we had different, you know, internet sources, but uh, it can be fairly draining to sit there for, you know, seven sessions and, and facilitate those seven sessions. And, and and we had some attendees who went to pretty near all of the sessions, if not no, all No, we them. had, we did have a few. I yeah. can't remember. I think it was around five who actually went to f- all 14 yeah, demo so sessions. K- kudos to those troopers there. <laughs> so that then, you know, can bring us to... Um, the third point of the after action review, which is, you know, what was the difference between what we expected and then what actually happened? And I think this is sort of an interesting question for us for this event, because we didn't actually have a lot of expectations going into live review. Again, it was this minimum viable product. We thought that it had potential. It was fairly low risk to experiment with. And so we just kind of pursued it. Yeah, and so I, I think um, if anything, we're we're pleased that it that it basically did turn out the way we had hoped it would turn out. We'll talk a little bit about in just a minute about you know what we might change and what we'll continue to do. But you know, the idea was to stand up this event with demonstrations, get people to come to it, get them to be engaged. Uh, hopefully, have the vendors satisfied with the experience, which feedback so far is that they they do seem to be very satisfied with the experience. Um, so all in all, not not a lot of difference between you know what we set out to do and, and what actually happened. So then we're going to move on then to that fourth and final aspect of the after action review. It's going to be a little bit meatier than what we just uh, did for the third section there. But that fourth section is what should we continue to do and what should we change? Yeah, and there was, I mean, there's a lot that went right here, and, and I should backtrack and say, you know, in, in this case, we said the difference between the two wasn't very great. That's not always the case, because we've definitely had cases where the difference was, was substantial. Um, but in this case, you know, if, if, 
probably because we know what we're doing now to a large extent with um, virtual events. We kind of know what kind of preparation is required and how to structure them. Um, we've learned a lot over time, and I, that's I, that's gratifying to to realize now as we're doing more and more of these. But, um, you know, we, the timing we came up with for so 45 minute sessions that, you know, 30 minutes of demo with 15 Q and a, uh, that, um, we talked about that, that seemed right. Um, the, the, it really had very little tension, um, with that. Um, we did pre-calls, um, with, uh, the, the vendors, um, you know, partly, Technology check-in, but also just to you know to make sure everybody understood what was going on, what the structure was. Um, we 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 tend to do that with everything. We do that with our learning uh, technology design event as well. We spend a lot of time with the people who are going to present. Um, that's valuable. That's something um, that we're going to continue doing. And, uh, and and I think we both agree it's a it's a winner. So I mean we're gonna we're gonna keep doing the event period um, going forward. And so then, in terms of what should we change, um, you know, although we were pleased overall with the results from the uh, event and the overall experience, there certainly is room for improvement. Again, it was that minimum viable product. We could be much more um, buttoned up going forward. Um, a couple of things uh, has to do with, with who participated in live review. We got to the, the 14 participating vendors pretty quickly, as we noted already, and that was great. But the potential downside of that, that it was kind of mostly the usual suspects, um, folks who really already understand learning businesses and what they need. And back to what you were saying, Jeff, about kind of our, you know, maybe um, kind of meta goal behind it, this this idea of, of really helping people understand that there is this third sector. If we're going to use the event to help do that, then we really need to expand that pool of participating vendors in the future. And that's going to benefit those uh, technology platforms because they're going to come to understand and recognize this new uh, potential audience to serve these learning businesses. And it's also going to then, of course, serve those working in learning businesses because it's going to be there more technology options out there that are appropriate and, and suited to them. Yeah. And so that, I mean, that was true of the vendors, you know, that it tended to be a, a group that um, had been seen before, which in no way implies that we don't appreciate those vendors oh, no, uh, showing up because um, uh, we, we appreciate that, that they have recognized the value of this sector and are serving it. But to expand that pool and, and the same thing goes for um, the attendees. Uh, you know, our work traditionally has been very heavy in the trade and professional association. That is certainly a, a significant, um, very important segment of the third sector, but there are many other types of learning businesses out there. And, um, you know, one of our uh, aims going forward is to attract some of those other types of learning businesses. And that might be, you know, folks from um, continuing education divisions at universities, uh, from training companies, commercial training companies, um, even potentially, you know, uh, solopreneurs. Um, we had some some platforms there, like I think Ific, for for example, that are a good fit for for that group. So making sure that um, that we're attracting that that broader base of learning business attendees. And then, you know, I think we could do more to um, tie live review into our other offerings. And I'm thinking primarily of review my LMS. We did, you know, offer this event as kind of a, a, a an initiative of review my LMS, but we could um, more tightly tie them. One of the things we ended up doing, kind of uh, adding after we had begun work on the event, was this uh, idea of a buying guide where we pulled together profiles of the participating platforms. And a lot of the uh, companies also made special offers to live 
review attendees, which was great uh, to try to incentivize um, taking some action and following up. And so we put that together into what we called a buying guide. But we're thinking that over time, we could probably enhance that buying guide, you know, go into the event knowing we're going to put it together, um, talk through with the companies what type of information they would want in there. And then for um, the platforms that are on, you know, Review My LMS, pull some of that profile data from uh, Review My LMS and, and really get the live review and Review My LMS working more in tandem to provide um people looking for a learning platform with kind of a fuller package of, of information around their technology options. Right. And that would really help to make it uh, part of kind of a full self-service approach to um, learning platform selection, which is uh, what we're aiming for. Uh, along those lines, um, probably providing a little bit more structure for the vendors going forward. Um, we do this, for example, when we, when we have done uh, LMS selection consulting, platform selection consulting. When we run the demonstrations, we have a fairly tight uh, script or set of guidelines for the vendors to to follow to make sure that they're all touching on this, the same areas you know that are of importance uh, to that client. And um, it's a little harder with this because we have a much more varied group of people um, who are going to have much more varied needs. But even even identifying just a handful of things that uh, each vendor should hit on. So there's some apples to apples uh, going uh, across some of the most common needs. But then, of course, you know, providing enough room for them to, uh, to also be able to show what they really want to be able to show uh, about their system. Oh, and I think, too, we can get the, the buying guide and the uh, live demos working in tandem as well, because there might be aspects of what we want all of them to hit on that could just be covered in the buying guide. You know, it could just be, you know, which version of SCORM do you support? And that could just be listed there. Right, right. And then finally, you know, we um, we did record all of these um, and uh, the attendees get access to the recordings, which I think is also a, a fantastic um, value. Uh, we'll improve how we handle the recordings going forward. This, again, was a minimum viable product. So we put them into a showcase in, in Vimeo, which makes them very easy to, to access. Um, but um, we've think that access could be better and we would be able to provide some other options with the video um, if we uh, provide a better way to do that going forward and probably integrate that into um, the live review site um, and, and, and into the uh, the review my LMS uh, umbrella so we will we will do that going forward but again you know all in all um, we were pleased without how this turned out and and you know we hope as you're listening regardless of whether you care about live review specifically as an event, um, you know, we hope you will consider the, the idea, for example, of a virtual event um, uh, as something that you might be able to do. Um, but also we hope you'll, you know, consider um, this process that, uh, that we're going through and, you know, hopefully hearing, you know, a, a very simple process uh, that really does help, help you to learn, help you to cement um, uh, what you've gained from the experiences that you've been through. We've, we've found this extremely helpful to us, and it's something that, um, that you can institute in your learning business. So to get show notes for this episode, um, as always, you'll just be able to go to the episode page on leadinglearning.com, which in this case is leadinglearning.com slash episode 212. Um, and the show notes will include the reflection questions, as I just alluded to. The first of those is, you know, where in your learning business might it be valuable to establish after-action review as a practice? Uh, and then second, is there an area where you might experiment with developing a low-risk, high-value product? 
And I'll point out that, you know, a virtual conference is often a, a much lower risk uh, and very high value way uh, to try out something that you may eventually want to do in a, in a face-to-face event without uh, signing all those contracts and taking on all those uh, liabilities. And when you check out the show notes for this episode, you will see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of what you hear, Jeff and I would be truly grateful if you would subscribe as it helps us to get some data on the impact of what we're doing. We'd also be grateful if you take just a minute to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Go to leadinglearning.com slash Apple. That'll put you in the right place. And Salise and I personally appreciate your rating and review. Uh, And those reviews and ratings help the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. We'd be grateful if you'd check out our sponsor for this quarter. Visit Community Brands at leadinglearning.com slash community brands. And then finally, consider following us and sharing the good word about leading learning. You can find us on Twitter by going to leadinglearning.com slash Twitter, on Facebook at leadinglearning.com slash Facebook, and on LinkedIn at, you guessed it, leadinglearning.com slash LinkedIn. We also encourage you to use the hashtag leading learning on each of those channels. However you do it, please follow us and help spread the word about leading learning. Thanks again and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.